Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, and consequently, we have a road to hoe. I'll tell you that right now, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. News the Network's Reviews to Use starts now. Yesterday's show uh, is in order at first, a recap of each broadcast, always in order because it highlights what we cover. And it lets you kind of know, hey, is that something you want to go back and listen to? It also shows the relevance of our stories from day to day. We had our guest on Mr. James Edwards, thepoliticalcesspool.org. And we talked about the extreme weather watch. Freak storm or intentional weather manipulation. We also talked about HARP. Yeah, that's the government weather modification weapon. HARP responsible for recent record-breaking snowfall. And extreme cold weather, PressCorps.ca with that article. Frigid onslaught stretches limits of electric grids. Texas, or I guess Texans shiver as power grid fails. Walmart closes 450 or 415 stores and Amazon shuts down delivery. Bill Gates says all rich nations should move to 100% Synthetic beef to combat climate change. Texas lawmakers now want probe of state power grid after the storm. NYPost.com with that one. That was hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live. Hour two, we talked about green energy leaves. America out in the cold in more ways than one. Great article from our buddy Tony Perkins. NAACP files. Federal lawsuit against Trump and Giuliani. Everybody and their dog jumping aboard with that lawsuit as well. Will the radical left reunite? The GOP asks and writes Pat Buchanan. Trump's brand new path to the White House. Yeah, become House Speaker. Impeach Biden. Joe Biden could be targeted for his illegitimate activities in seeking the presidency. Yeah, stealing the presidency, writes Bob Unruh at WND.com. We're talking about Steve Bannon. That's his claims. Hey, Trump can run for the Speaker or run for the House in 2022. Uh, then all of a sudden in the landslide of the 2022 election, taking back the House, become the Speaker, and voila, become president. Uh, interesting twist idea. I don't think it's real, but that's what Steve Bannon's saying, written up in WND.com. During a segment on MSNBC, host. Nicola or Nickel or Nicole Wallace suggested that the United States United States could use drone strikes against Trump supporters. So let me get this right. Donald Trump can say peacefully, patriotically go to the Capitol and let your congressmen and women know you want an accountability here. You want them to 
uh, have an investigation into the elections, put it on hold until we get the answers, and they say he conducted a insurrectionist riot, right? But this whacked-out lady on MSNBC, Nicole Wallace, can literally say drone strikes should be executed against Trump supporters, and that's no problem, huh? Romney called the deep state, um, well, let's say it this way. Romney called deep state agent in censure motion. So everybody's trying to censure Romney, right? I guess GOP leaders, though, in Utah covered up for Romney and said, no, 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 people just settle down. Romney's fine. He can say and do what he wants as a Republican. You know, the big tent means nothing, so he can be and say and do whatever he wants to. It's okay. He can go into the Republican banner all day long if he chooses. Wow. Cuomo faces bipartisan condemnation, calls for his resignation after nursing home revelations. The guy literally lied about the numbers, and he's just fine. Fake news everywhere by the Democrats, but that's okay. Overreach creates blowback. Yeah, California and New York governors both face ouster. Blowback, tremendous. We also talked about what we need to do is impeach the deep state for its conspiracy to kill the Constitution. That's what John Whitehead writes. Let's impeach the deep state along the political spectrum, right, left, and center. Why? Because they're literally pushing us into a civil war. It's got to stop. John Whitehead's right as rain. That's a recap of yesterday's broadcast. News the network refused to use starts now. And uh, we got Eldon with us, ladies and gentlemen. Eldon Stahl, um, Regional Director for the John Burt Society. Welcome back, my friend. Oh, thank you, Sam. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. I guess they don't really call you Regional Directors. You're more of a field coordinator, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have supervisory uh, responsibilities over other coordinators, but uh, we we do have some people that, that do that. All right, so let's talk about this for a second. I kind of find a couple of things interesting from yesterday's news that I want to take on with you really quick here. Extreme weather okay. watch. Freak storm or intentional weather manipulation? What do you say? Well, that's something that, you know, it's kind of a speculation for me at this point. It's hard to prove one way or another. Um, I think we, we do know that uh, the government has experimented with uh, various things, but uh, this particular one, who knows? Uh, what we do know, of course, is that anytime there's extreme weather, there's people pouncing on it and saying, see, this is because of climate change, and we're evil people, and we've got to stop eating beef. And it just like you mentioned, right, with Bill Gates. Yeah, and many it's hard to say like factually if this was, you know. So is there weather manipulation and weather experimentation and weather uh, weaponized to some degree? We do have some reality check on that, that there is that effort. We've seen stories from time to time that document that pretty well. HARP is a real project, et cetera, et cetera. What Eldon's saying, ladies and gentlemen, and I happen to agree, we don't know in this instance exactly what's going on. You know, for example, is it, you know, man-made every time and man-weaponized every time? Or is God using the weather to punish the people, too? The ultimate weatherman is the Almighty, sir. Yeah, and really in Texas, probably the big story is that a lot of this crisis was man-made, though, because of all this false claims and, and impressions left upon the voters on the reliability of what they call renewable fuels or renewable energy. Uh, now they're finding out the hard way that, hey, when the wind doesn't blow, when the sun doesn't shine, when it's very cold, your 
renewable energies are not worth um, much. Yeah, you want to <laughs> so hear what the what the liberal extreme Democrat uh, global change global warming uh, promoters would say to you about that? Sure. What would they say? Are you ready? And I'll tell you because I just read their interesting argument on this because I thought okay. you know what for once now we'll finally have them maybe even admit that we're right to some degree. Yeah. Right. Let's see. <laughs> but of course not. Here's what they said. Well, my friend, your claims are overstated. Now, they say this without evidence, mind you. Your claims are overstated. And let me tell you this. If it wasn't for your fossil fuels, we wouldn't have created these radical, extreme, crazy weather conditions. And we wouldn't be in this buying in the first place. Okay? Now, I read that and it just shocked me because you just can't use logic with these people. Okay? It's because you eat meat. And it's because you've driven your car everywhere and you just use fossil fuels to the point where you create such extreme weather conditions. Look, we just can't deal with the extreme that you've caused no matter what. And if you wouldn't have caused it all by your belligerence and your hostility with the earth, see, then we wouldn't you know, be having this problem at all. So I don't really know what you're trying to say, except for you're trying to justify yourself even more, aren't you, Eldon? See, and they oh, go down man. this psychotic road to where it's like, I don't even know how, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I want to be civil, but we can't really even have a conversation with that kind of a statement. Right? Right, right. Uh, the, there's, uh, you can't really communicate with somebody like that. It's just, you know, uh, then what you say is, well, then maybe none of us should have been born. And then you say, okay, but look, their right, lie right. is that you and the earth are at odds and you are an enemy of the earth. And the only way for you not to be an enemy of the earth is for you to do exactly what they say, giving them ultimate control over you. That's the real lie that this global change, whatever they're pitching, is. I don't believe that. I believe God put me on the earth at this time. He made me a steward over the earth, and I should do my best to take care of the earth. I agree with all that. But that doesn't give some bureaucrat control over me, nevertheless. And so, see, the problem is our claims are so extremely opposite of each other that we're not even on the same page for discussion. And we'll never get there, see? Because I believe that God exists and he loves me and he put me on the earth. And me and the earth are friends, meaning that the earth is here to serve me. Now, we're not friends in that the earth is a person kind of a friend. I'm just saying we're not at odds, okay? God created the earth. God created me. He put me on the earth. And therefore, we can't be in an enemy state, right? And so that's my view. Well, they would say, well, we don't even believe in your whacked out God. It's strange that you appeal to him in the first place and you are an enemy of the earth. Science proves it. And see, now that's the, and we go down now, then we debate science and they say, well, hey, scientists all agree with me. And then I said, that's a lie. And then see, and we're not even, we can't even discuss this intelligently anymore because our claims are so uniquely different um, that I don't even see how you connect them in in a meaningful way. Uh, it's not a matter of who's right or who's wrong. It's a matter of if you try to change a man against his opinion, he'll be of the same opinion still, right? Yeah, it's it's basically a cult. <laughs> well, that's their god, sir. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll add Brian Rust, rustcoinagift.com to the mix. We're having a great time today. Two hours of incredible hard-hitting talk, ladies and gentlemen. Our prayers are with the folks in Texas, though. So listen, set all the arguments aside. We pray for those people that are suffering, and we hope to do all we can to bring about relief and love to all those people that are struggling right now. Hang tight, folks. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. 
That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Eldon Stahl, field coordinator for the John Birch Society with me. He's uh, responsible for my area, and uh, we appreciate his involvement. Also, Brian Rust, RustQuinnGift.com, back with us. Welcome, my friend. Thank you much. Glad to be with both of you. Hey, Brian, did you hear the latest, man? Bill Gates says that everybody in rich nations should eat synthetic meat 100% of the time. Wow. Are you in, okay. buddy? <laughs> Maybe with a little bit of that honey from Kurt, it hey, might mate, go down I, a little better. I'm not for this fake beef and fake meat, buddy. I just can't take it. I'm out. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> now, I think we should, we should pay Microsoft with synthetic money. Oh, yeah, now right. you're talking. Well, they, they actually like that. You know, hey, Bill Gates might have been the guy that created the uh, cryptocurrency Bitcoin stuff. We don't really know, do we? Good point. I yeah. could get him some of that uh, trillion dollar note Zimbabwe material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. You know, that's the interesting thing is it's just such a mess, folks. And the only answer is to go back to constitutional currency. That's for sure. Um, honest money is the key, ladies and gentlemen. What's gold sitting at, Brian? Uh, gold sitting around seventeen ninety one. Seventeen ninety one, huh? Even? Yeah. Seventeen ninety one's gold. All right. What's silver at? Uh, Twenty seven and a quarter. Ooh. Um, what's interesting is that's a little bit changed. Gold's down, silver's up, kind of thing, right? Yeah, silver did. I mean, over the last week, it's, you know, last week about five cents up on silver. Gold's down, yeah, it's, you know, 40, 50 bucks. 
and that. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we're seeing the little peaks and valleys. It's, it's going to continue to do that because the paper guys are going to drive this thing ups and downs, sideways, trying to, I think, weed out the the, the, the people, I think, is, is kind of a, the plan. All right, so 2725 is the number that Spot sits at. But what does it take for me to get one of them um, nice 2021 Silver Eagle Silver Dollars minted by our government, sir? $39. Wait a minute. 27 <laughs> bucks to $39? There you go. Supply how, demand should how be driving. Did that work, man? I thought those things say a dollar on them, man. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> Eldon, can you help me out with this? I'm kind of a redneck, and I can't figure it out. Well, uh, you've heard of the idea of fraud before? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think we've got a guy on the line that uh, talks about the idea of honest money. Is that right? That is correct, sir. And I think that okay. is the ultimate point. And uh, what I really think we need to do, though, is create a, a lawsuit, Brian. Uh, we need to find the right attorney, create a lawsuit, and we should sue Joe Biden. And the idea in the lawsuit would simply be you guys are printing out these Silver Eagle Silver Dollars in 2021 from the Treasury of the United States of America, and it says $1 on it. And then you're letting some private banking cartel uh, print all these other things. It takes me 39 of these to buy one of them, and I'm kind of a redneck, and I can't figure it out. Now, Judge, can you help me? Help me, Judge, help me. And uh, the key here is honesty, because to have $2... Uh, one in paper, one in metal, printed by the government or the government's agent in the Federal Reserve, if you will. Somebody's lying. I want the real Slim Shady to please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. The Slim Shady, I, I want to know the truth, and I want accountability. And somebody's got fake news. Either the Federal Reserve is fraudulent fake news, or the Treasury is. Joe, I want you to testify and take your pick, my friend, but it can't be both, because somebody's lying. Isn't that a court case we can take on? Yeah, I think yeah, I think we could if we could get some people that are honest people back there that would support us. Seems like any time it gets the going gets tough, they kind of bow out. And no, I yeah, can't. you coin don't dealer, want to buddy. hurt the monster. Yeah, you you coin dealer, you don't have standing, do you? That's right. You you average American, you don't have standing. Who would have standing there, Eldon? Any idea? Uh, well, hey, if the average American doesn't have standing for the government claiming that thirty nine is the same as one. Uh, that seems a little bit odd. Right? Who, who is going to have standing? Then we ought to I've... sue the math book people. Yeah, yeah. You know, sue the government school <laughs> math book um, peddlers for peddling, you know, which one's true, you know. But I guess in modern new math, you could say 39 equals 1, you know. As long as you yeah. feel good about it, as long as you're not getting depressed, we'll be okay. Well, it's probably racist now to say that 39 does not equal one. Yeah, good right. point. Now you're taught. Good point. That's right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there's so much news that's going on. Bitcoin. Uh, or, by the way, what's rhodium? Let's get to that first, though. Kurt needs a rhodium. Uh, ro rhodium 22,000. That's even more than last time. Yep. Up another thousand bucks. <clears throat> so I got a question just because I'm kind of slow. If it costs more of those paper dollars to buy rhodium than it did last time, but it takes less of them to buy gold than it did last time, how does that work? Well, the supply and demand is driving, you know, a, a market that's not, you know, driven by manipulation allows it the free market to, to kind of take take its course of where where the the market's going to be. 
The other lawsuit we could file is if you're going to meddle in markets, you need to meddle equally in all markets. Because I believe that rhodium is kind of like the blacks nowadays, and gold is kind of like the whites. You've got gold privilege going on there, Brian. Yeah. You think well, it's gold privilege, rhodium abuse? Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of spoofing going on with kind of the the <laughs> these other other markets. It seems like. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you want a hedge, if you want stability, I'm telling you right now, honest money is the answer. Brian Rust and his family over the past 50 years has been working to educate Americans and customers about precious metals and coins. And if you want a coin dealer that's honest, that'll give you the skinny, that'll put things in perspective for you, RustCoinandGift.com uh, is where you go. Right now, I want to bring this up to you. This is kind of a good news piece for a change, Brian. I want to see your take because, you know, Governor Spencer Cox signed into law allowing concealed carry in Utah. Utah becomes the 17th constitutional carry state. Wonderful news, in my opinion, as long as they don't have a trick up their sleeve. Brian, then Eldon. Brian? Yeah, I think think that's a good thing. Uh, You know, obviously... You know, the, the, the curb that, you know, they're fighting the fact of take away guns and our rights to hold guns and so on, because if we have guns in our possession, we're criminals. But, I, you know, I think it's a good thing. You know, I, most law-abiding citizens to have a gun and, and uh, be able to carry, I, I like it. Yeah, especially if you have a bunch of gold and silver, you might need a gun to protect it. You know what I mean? Right. Of course, if you just have it in paper, you won't need any protection at all because you'll never get it. <laughs> we can make a paper gun, huh? Is that, yeah, paper tiger. What do you think of that, Eldon? It's good news. It's potentially good news as long as there's not a fly in the ointment we don't know about, huh? Yeah, I think that is good news. It's a movement that's been uh, going on for a number of years now. So I'm not sure which was the first constitutional carry state um, to pass one of these resolutions or bills. But uh, I saw a really insightful thing. I think the first thing. constitutional carry state was a colony, my friend. Well, yes, yeah, you're probably <laughs> I'm right. Just uh, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but, I, but I'm point. kind of making a point that that's the way yeah, it used right. to be is what I'm trying to say. You're right. You're right. And then all these states decided that they wanted to uh, stop you legally from concealing a firearm. Conce- uh, yeah, carrying they decided they wanted to break the law and go into the color yeah. law for a, a, a Yeah, a and then they wanted to make licenses for you to conceal um, and carry a firearm. Uh, one point I I saw somebody made was I said, "What does a government do after they disarm their citizenry? Whatever they want." Oh, <laughs> that's right. Good point. Oh, that's yeah. brutal. Really? Yeah. Anyway, I think it's good news. Now, you're in Wyoming, want. right, Eldon? Yep. And do they got a, con- a constitutional carry in Wyoming? They do. All right. So Wyoming, Utah, Idaho's got one, don't they? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm so. Not sure there either. Too. I think they do. Yeah. We'll have to find that out for confirmation. Yeah. We'll have to get Larry Pratt to update us on that. But I know Montana's working on it too. Maybe we can create a, just yep. a whole contiguous region of constitutional carry. What do you call that? A zone? Yeah, they're not going to. They're not going to like the zone. They, you know, I, I think they're going to be nervous. They don't want us having guns. So that's what's the next thing, huh? Well, and I, I look at it because they always say gun-free zone, right? But this would be, what, a constitutional <laughs> carry zone? Yeah, there you go. 
Wow, I think that's kind of cool, man. I'm yeah. thinking that there is hope, ladies and gentlemen. And when good people get involved and push for good things, uh, just so you know, the result is good things happen. And that's one thing that I think we've lost sight of in the Patriot community. We think we're just on the losing end all the time. And I agree, it's a road to hoe, and I agree we've lost a lot of battles and lost a lot of freedom. But there's more there than you think, and good people are doing great things all the time. Brian Rust, RustQuinnandGift.com. Eldon Stahl, field coordinator for the John Burt Society, and Sam Bushman on your radio. Hang tight. we got a lot more on your favorite talk station. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Texas officials warned of disasters within the disaster of historic cold weather that left millions without heat for a third day Wednesday, telling residents to prepare for energy not to return until the weekend. Residents in over 100 counties in Texas have been told to boil their drinking water as treatment plants continue to not work. According to testimony by military leaders before the House Armed Services Committee on Wednesday, troops are putting off receiving the coronavirus vaccine. Big Brass told Congress about two-thirds of service members have been vaccinated, but some refused the treatment. Officials said refusal rates varied and depended on factors like age, location, and deployment status. CDC data published Thursday shows life expectancy in the United States fell by a full year in 2020. The decline from 78.8 years in 2019 to 77.8 years in January through June 2020 marks the biggest fall in longevity since World War II. This is USA Radio News. It may soon be the biggest issue of our time, the NRA and your gun freedoms. President Biden says he will defeat the NRA and their efforts to limit your guns, tax them, and even put the NRA out of business permanently. All this week, Newsmax TV's Stinchfield tells the real story about Joe Biden's war on the NRA. Watch Stinchfield at 8 p.m. Eastern to find out how the NRA is fighting back. Stinchfield is unafraid to tell you the truth. Everyone is tuning in. Newsmax TV is now the fourth highest rated cable news channel. It's on all major cable systems. Check your cable guide. If they don't carry Newsmax, call them. Or just download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone or smart TV and watch us anywhere. So watch Newsmax for Stinchfield and real news you can trust. 30 million Americans watch Newsmax all the time. You should too. Pfizer announces results of their vaccine versus a COVID-19 variant. USA Radio News' Dan Naraki reports. Drugmaker Pfizer said Wednesday that its COVID-19 vaccine may offer reduced protection against the South African variant of the virus. A new lab study showed the vaccine was still able to neutralize the virus, but its antibody protection was reduced by two-thirds. Andy Slavitt, the White House senior advisor for COVID response, tells CNBC that the vaccine still exceeds the threshold for it to work against the virus. It is less effective, but still above the threshold. So what does that mean? When I ask what does that mean, they basically say there's a threshold at which the vaccine has to surpass in order to work. And these vaccines appear to work above the threshold. So while it's less, people are feeling pretty good that the vaccines are responding uh, and creating antibodies, although not as many. So will it, re- will it require right. um, an amendment? That we don't know. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News.
All right, live and on your radio, Sam Bushman, Brian Rust, RustQuinnegan.com, Eldon Stahl, John Burt Society, JBS, what is it, .org? Yes, sir. JBS.org. All right, we need JBS.com, JBS.org. We need JBS everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. They've been truth tellers in the liberty movement longer than most people have been alive. They've done a phenomenal job and never really get the credit. They've taken a beating for the cause of liberty, and they've certainly taken a hit for the team, to say the least. And we want to promote them and appreciate them, their magazine, Incredible as well, The New American, which we'll get to later in the broadcast. New, uh, TheNewAmerican.com is that website, right? Yep. All right. Good. Want to make sure I get that right. Now, I wanted to give yeah. you guys a chance to weigh in on this sad story. Rush Limbaugh dies or passes away at age 70 following a year-long battle with lung cancer. Uh, our prayers are with Rush's family, his wife, Catherine, kind of uh, let everybody know the news. And uh, what a battle he's had. Now, Rush, you know, in the early days was an incredible host. And then, in my opinion, became a Republican water boy, self-admitted in the mainstream press, I might add. Uh, and, you know, he did a lot of stuff that I disagree with. But as he got older and as his career continued and as he got kind of, um, you know, sicker and everything else, he started to come back to his roots, which I was impressed with. Uh, but nevertheless, he maybe not has been as hard-hitting as some of us talk show hosts. But he certainly did, uh, in my opinion, make a huge difference and keep radio relevant. Uh, and uh, what a career. What a, uh, what a person. He had a lot of problems in his life. He was a smoker. No wonder he got lung, can- lung cancer. Sad about that. Uh, got addicted to drugs and painkillers and stuff like that. And went deaf. Had to have cochlear. I think that's how you say it. Ear implants and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the guy had a rough life in many ways. But what a contribution. Eldon, this time you're first. Yeah, certainly it's sad anytime somebody dies of any chronic disease or anything like that. I just uh, uh, certainly uh, offer condolences to his family members and all that. Uh, I just, uh, that's certainly a tragedy for, for them, even though he, he wasn't terribly young either, but he wasn't terribly old. Um, wish, uh, you know, don't wish anybody's life to be taken short in that manner. So, um I guess I could say one maybe positive and one maybe critical thing about Rush, if you want me to. But this is kind of it's kind of yeah, by all means kind of awkward. You know, if somebody just passes away to to bring up you know the the latter. But um, you know, one thing I was glad that Rush resisted was uh, many of these uh, national talk show radio hosts had uh, taken money for uh, promoting uh, what they. Many call the convention of states or a constitutional convention on his show. Uh, Rush did not do that. He didn't feel that that was a, a solution that he could get behind, or that he could speak in favor of. And uh, I, I'm glad that he did not. I like um, Rush. Feel the same, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you do. I'm not willing <laughs> to do that either for money or not. I'm not willing to get behind the movement because I understand. Some people say to me, Sam, well, isn't that in the Constitution? It, yeah, it is. Um, but it's a last resort. I mean, you know, secession by nature precedes the Constitution. I'm not for secession either. Now you say, well, Sam, do you believe that states have the right to secede? Yes, I do. Sam, do you believe that people have the right for a con-con or whatever you want to call that? Um, yes, I do. But that doesn't mean that I think it's the solution or the road we should go down. Right? Right, right. It's like, well, uh, going to war is in the Constitution. But uh, that isn't for every situation, is it? 
and I certainly want to go to war only if absolutely necessary. Uh, I want to be morally in the right if we ever go to war. I want to have a defined mission. And if we go to war, I want to use the constitutional reasons or layout of how and where and who and what and when and all that stuff, which means, hey, Congress has got to vote to create a declaration of war. Uh, that declaration has certain uh, components to it that make it real. Um, and until we go through that process, I don't want to go to war. So there is no. a process to all yeah. things. And in my opinion, before we have a con-con or even secede or do any of these things, there's a gazillion remedies left that we haven't even touched. And I have an argument with patriots about this all the time. They act like they're at the end of their rope. They're ready to go to war because, man, they've tried everything. They haven't tried nothing. And, and I'm not trying to be rude, yeah. but what I'm saying is, uh, you know, uh, for example, oh, man, we can't stop vote fraud. We've tried everything. Oh, yeah, all you've done is gone to the, to the Supreme Court judges. And a couple of judges across the land, you've gone to the courts, but how many people have gone to your local precinct and demanded the accountability or will sue you? Well, there's 175,000 precincts in America. So, you know, 175,000 venues for solutions there. You know what? We will sue you if you don't prove to us that you can transparently, uh, you know what, count your votes and, and, and verify that the numbers you turned in are accurate. We're going to sue you over it. And if you got every single DA over 175 jurisdictions into the mix, now you're telling me you're trying everything. Until then, though, you ain't tried nothing. You sat back and watched CNN tell you that the judges turned it down because they won't even discuss the case. Okay, that's all you've done. That's nothing. Okay, so let's let's get real about solutions. Also, uh, you know, getting rid of the IRS. If a million Americans send in a dollar or send in a postcard a day to the IRS, they'd be getting a million postcards a day until they stop abusing us. Right? That would only take a million yeah. people. What what is that? One percent of America? No, it's less. It's like one third of a percent of America or something. Mm -hmm. It's not a big number. Okay, but it can be done so easy. But no one's tried that. See, no one's done any sustained. Real, in my opinion, solutions that can have enough gravity to make the difference. All right, Brian, Brett, Rush Limbaugh, you got a comment on him? Yeah, I think, I think uh, you both made great comments, and I, I feel the same. I mean, I think Rush, uh, he did a lot of good. He, you know, came out and, and uh, you know, spread the word and, and kind of, as he got older, I, I, I think they were less uh, to attack him just because of probably maybe going through some of the, the issues that he was facing. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is that when you've got a platform, you have both sides. You've got an evil side that's going to try to corrupt and let me get my dollars in your in your situation, so you'll kind of uh, that I can maybe entrap you at some point in time. And then you've got a good side. Well, I, I just don't think you hold hands with both sides. You, you you make your stand and say, okay, you know, this is this is where I need to be. This is truth. This is honest. And, and uh, I'm not. I'm just. I'm going to avoid the other side. And I think. You know, I, yeah, in, in most parts, I think he did some of that, but sometimes, you know, you know, but I, I don't want to get into the negative either. I think he just, he did a lot of good. Yeah, a little more stand-up and a little less kumbaya, huh, Brian? Yep, there you go. All right. Um, one other <laughs> thing I want to say about Rush that's very interesting. I was good friends with a man by the name of Phil Mueller. And Phil uh, ran a little radio station down in Blanding, Utah. And that's where I met him and became friends with him. And he really... Uh, was kind of my mentor in radio. When I got in the business, him and I worked on some new stuff together. And it was kind of great because he was old school radio and I was new uh, IT radio guy. So he was the transmitter guy. I was the computer guy. And he had helped me with the old school stuff and I'd help him with the new school stuff. And, oh, he was a good 20 years older than me. But we we're 15 years in that range older than me. We became great friends, me and Phil. And uh, I love the guy to this day. But he passed away. He got sick too and died uh, several years ago. But the reason that I bring this all up, you think I'm going nowhere with this story, but just hang tight, people. Hang tight. Come on, man. 
<laughs> All right. But Phil Mueller was a big radio guy. He worked for KSL. He worked back east for big radio stations. He was a real radio guy. And Phil retired in Blending, Utah, and bought a little teeny station so his wife could come home to her roots or where she grew up and all that. And he just said, hey, I'll do this radio station as a hobby for fun. And, you know, we can come home. I'm retiring. And so he did all that. And that's where when I kind of met him. But here's the point. Rush Limbaugh, back in the day in Kansas City, was looking for a gig. And he walked into the radio station, and Phil was the manager. And uh, Phil hired Rush, and that's where Rush got his start in talk radio from nice. Phil, my buddy Phil. And Ooh. here's what's interesting. Then they um, <clears throat> Rush kind of got a little crazy on the air because at first he was pretty bold. He talked about conspiracies, and, uh, and you know he was a, a truth teller in the early days. I mean, he got it done. And uh, it was so good that uh, the radio station tr- across the town tried to steal Rush. And Phil didn't let that happen. He said, no way, you're staying here. Well, anyway, then the boss of Phil and Rush brought Phil in and said, you got to fire this guy. It's too controversial. And Phil said, I will not fire him. Uh, this guy will make you millions of dollars. you got to stick with this. And the boss got so mad, he fired them both. <laughs> well, the guy that fired them both made a huge mistake. But poor yeah. Phil took the hit Goodness. from Rush. Uh, anyway, uh, Phil told me that story personally, and it, it's a real story. I know enough about Phil to know that's really how it went down and happened. And so Phil lost his job defending Rush Limbaugh, only to be right later but never get any credit, right? Yeah. That's how, isn't and, that how life is? And I'm not <laughs> focusing on the not credit. Phil wasn't angry about that. He just, you know. So when Phil retired, he put Rush Limbaugh on his little radio station just to kind of show the old boss, hey, you know what? I get the last <laughs> laugh kind of. So that was good news. But I bring all that up because it's a fascinating story that has personal relationships to, to kind of what's going on. So, uh, you know what? Rush was far from perfect, folks, like all of us. But he had tremendous contributions. And, hey, when he passed away, I'm going to look at the good side of Rush. And, you know, we kind of do that. You know, when somebody passes away, we always look at the good side and kind of whitewater the bad, or whitewash the bad side. You know what? That's on purpose, though. Every one of us has failings, folks, except one. That is the Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, Brian, can you stay with us a little longer? Yeah. All right, buddy, stay there. Brian Rust, rustcoinandgift.com. Eldon Stahl, jbs.org, and thenewamerican.com. And I'm Sam Bushman. We're all on your radio. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. the strategy of heaven revealed big q little q the calm before the storm available on amazon.com or by calling caritas in the u.s at 205-672-2000 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Back with you live, Brian Rust, Eldon Stahl, Sam Bushman on your radio. This segment is brought to you by Raw Honey, directly delivered to your door, ladies and gentlemen. Tastes fantastic. Get a hold of Kurt, C-U-R-T, at libertyroundtable.com, or simply smile and dial 801-669-2211. If you're afraid to talk like all teenagers are or youngsters are, then go ahead and text 801-669-2211, ladies and gentlemen, and say, Sam sent you. Will you do that for me? I don't get a penny, but I'd be grateful if you'd do it, because when patriots prosper, we all prosper, ladies and gentlemen. All right, there you have that. Oh, by the way, localhoneyman.com. If you want to go to the website, if you're, like, web-enabled, then, you know, localhoneyman.com pulls the trigger for that. Thanks, Kurt. All right, so this is an interesting twist story I want to kind of bring up to you guys. I find this fascinating is why I'm bringing this up. I don't know if you guys know, but it's Black History Month. And it's also known, uh, they say, as African-American History Month. And they say it's an annual celebration of achievements by African-Americans. And it's a time to recognize the central role uh, of black Americans in uh, American history. Now, I don't have any problem with Black History Month, folks. And and I'm not going to doubt it. I think every culture should be proud of their heritage. And everybody should celebrate everybody's heritage. Right? Like, I want to learn about blacks and Latinos and and, and every cultures of the world and taste their food and learn of their traditions. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's America, baby. Um, But what I find fascinating about that is it's also at the same time as Black History Month. It's Random Act of Kindness Month. Okay, it's national. February is what they call Random Acts of Kindness Month. National Kindness Month. We need to plan acts of kindness. And World Kindness Day is a day that was started in 1998 by the World Kindness Movement. That's back November 13th. And so I just find that interesting. You got Black History Month and Random Act of Kindness Month at the same time. Now, February 17th, yesterday, was Random Act of Kindness Day. Okay, and, and I find that interesting because <clears throat> even though we should be celebrating everybody's cultures, people get all off the rails and want to rail against Black History Month and everything else. Now, I don't like some of the false history that's taught about Black History Month or, or you know, in this month where they, they teach a lot of false history. 
uh, about that you're evil, Brian, or you're evil, Eldon, because you know what your forefathers had or whatever slaves, and they make this general tie against white people, which I don't like. But I do like celebrating. The reason I bring all this up together is because how do we celebrate and give people, you know, their day in the sun, so to speak, but at the same time not have it backfire and divide? That's really the question, Eldon. Well, I think a lot of this is to come down to who tells the history and what their narrative is that they want to come out of it. Um, it, So much in history, uh, especially in the schools over the last probably century or so, has been uh, kind of the the Marxist approach of uh, this is the story of the oppressed versus the oppressor, and and to try to right the wrongs of history, we've got to try to um, somehow become the oppressor. The, the oppressed be, needs to become the oppressor. Um, that's that's something that is uh, just kind of antithetical to really what America was founded upon, uh, to teach, uh, promote history in that way and promote uh, thinking of that nature. Um, certainly it's uh, black Americans and many people of uh, different races and cultures have contributed to our country, and that's, uh, you know, some, something to... Uh, to look at it. To it's something study. that's factual and something that should be celebrated, right? Yeah. But a lot, of, like, um, it seems like some of these groups that are pushing um, Black History Month, they would much rather talk about W.E.B. Dubois, uh, rather very, you know, socialist-minded person, as opposed to Booker T. Washington. They, you know, they prefer some Blacks to highlight Black History Month and others, eh, not so much. So, you know, why not celebrate all people if you're going to celebrate Black Black History Month? Uh, why are some blacks more equal than others? Well, and if you're going to take on the slavery, blacks own slaves too. And even though I'm not proud of that, I, I'm also saying that you can't ignore that reality check either. That's right. Slavery is not a, a, a racially, uh, I guess, it, anybody can become a slave, right? And anybody can be, well, I shouldn't say anybody, but many people, any, of any race can be a slave owner, too. That's true. Or a slaveholder, whatever term you want to say. And I say slavery is just flat out evil. That's all. Yeah. See how redneck and racist I am? Slavery is evil, Brian. <laughs> That's right. I agree with uh, what Eldon said, too. I mean, you know, and I, I think a lot of, you know, the things that, uh, that the negative, I guess, things that we have seen with, with uh, out there that's happening and where they're tearing down statues and and uh, removing books and so on. I, th- I think we can learn from history. And, and uh, as Eldon mentioned, I mean, like Booker T. Washington, we should all, you know, all blacks should be uh, uh, represented in the uh, equation and, and uh, not just certain people's ideas and, and agendas, and uh, especially those that have evil agendas. I mean, if we're pushing, okay, well, Black Lives Matter, they come out with that. I, I don't really stand for that agenda, so... Um, you know, I think that our, our nation's built with a, a lot of different uh, backgrounds and, and uh, cultures, and I think we can study all of them and learn from all of them. And I think for us to pick and choose what we're going to push to our children and all that, I think it's it's, it's just not a good thing. But, uh, yeah, I'm all about uh, random acts of kindness. That's, that's a great thing. So I think that uh, we should, you know, help and bless the lives of God's children everywhere, right? Yeah, and, and what, I think, what I think, Brian, and the reason that I bring this up is not to create the division that a lot of times you know people might discuss with this, but I kind of think if it's Random Act of Kindness Month, World Kindness Day that we're going to kind of mention, and, you know, um, Random Act of Kindness 
let's see. Let me get this right to get it exactly here. Random Act of Kindness Day. Random Act of Kindness Month. You know, Black History Month. You put all that together and you think, isn't this an opportunity to tie them together in a meaningful way to accomplish the goals? Right. Yeah. Yeah, good yeah, point. I think so. You know, I, I think I yep, think so too, it, you have. Go uh, ahead, Brian. Sorry, I, I I think too. I mean, right now, I mean, everything on on TV or the television you know, is all about you know this black agenda and this you know agenda and this agenda, and that's great. I get it, but it, but if I felt like you know you're you know Phil Phil Mueller, this radio station uh, individual that you knew real well, I mean, I felt like him, and I'd like to uh, present him and really. You know, praise you know, praise him and uh, give a trip attributes you know or a tribute to him. Am I gonna if I want to push that agenda? Am I a racist because I don't buy into maybe you know I don't I'm not buying into kind of what they're throwing at me all the time, all the time, and so on. I want to bring up this. You know, they throw that at me. I'm racist because I don't agree maybe with all the you know BET television. What about if I said white? Entertainment television, but I racist because I don't include the. See that that's the thing. That I think the agenda is the the negative. So, Eldon, your response? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, right. It seems like only certain uh, certain blacks are are promoted by uh, the people that are in uh, uh, the influential people of these. Uh, Stations and things on TV, they just say, "Well, uh, let's celebrate this person that was a, a radical, um, you know, revolutionary." And but this person who said we should love each other and uh, like, uh, who who has even heard of George Washington Carver nowadays? If you ask the man yeah. on the street, right? Uh, who has even heard of him? Right? Um, but uh, quite a quite a neat person. Amen. He's on a coin. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, and a, and a commemorative half dollar Booker T. Washington, Washington Carver. Yeah, both of them. Now, what I good find deal. fascinating is how come we don't hear about that, Brian? Because right. you know we that's always the, hear that, that we got to add. You know, oh, what's her name? Tub Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman. Uh, to the coin or whatever. As if we don't have any representation. But why don't we mention that? Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um, what do you think, Eldon? How come they don't mention that? Well, uh, there's a book that the John Burr Society puts out now that has a real good saying, to the victor go the myths and monuments. Amen. <laughs> uh, and we've had a lot of talk about monuments, haven't we, and people wanting to decide which monuments we should have and which we should not. Um, the people that want to become the victors and tell the story of history of course, they want to choose what the monuments are and what the collective memory of the people is. Uh, there's, a, there's a very strong um, propaganda value in that. Right. Well, I want to reject the propaganda. I want to bring Black History Month and, and kindness, uh, random acts of kindness month together. And, and instead of uh, you know using it to divide or whatever else, I want to use it to bring people together. We may not be 100% united, but we can certainly be civil. Uh, in other words, unity may not be uh, the answer. We can all think differently and believe differently, and I don't know that that will ever change. What I do believe, though, is we could be, uh, have civility to, towards one another, and I think the two couldn't come together in a meaningful way if anybody has the guts to tie it together and then realize we're all God's children and we should behave like that, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Correct. 
Brian, what do you think? Am I just all crazy, just spouting racism no. and hatred everywhere? <laughs> no, you're right <laughs> on. I, I think uh, you're spreading a lot of love and, and uh, joy around the world. I think it's great. Yeah, man, Michael Jackson said, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And so I'm just kind of thinking, <laughs> hey, man, you know. There you go. <laughs> especially when everybody's wanting to riot, yeah. pillage, and plunder, and destroy property, and I'm not into those things. That's right. Me either. I'm into the yeah, peaceful restoration hard, hard of the greatest country on the earth, um, Eldon. If we're going to celebrate Black History Month or random acts of kindness, I don't think going out and rioting and burning down the neighborhood is a good idea. Amen. And I don't think that's a good idea for blacks or whites or Asians no, or no. anybody, right? Yep. Right. That's a bad idea for God's children. I'm just saying. We all concur. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't want anybody's business to be broken into and trashed and all that kind of stuff. What do you think we the people can do? What's the, what's the one single thing? What can we do, Eldon and then Brian, really quick before the end of the hour? What can we do to change this? How can we tie these two days together or these two kind of month focuses together in a meaningful way? These two months. Well, I suppose. Meaning we the month have... of kindness and the month of black history, right? Find a black person, I guess, and uh, do random acts of kindness. Yeah, but find a white person too. Or or it's white a random person. acts of kindness to everybody you come in contact yeah, everybody. with, regardless of yeah. race or color, huh? You're, if you're a black person and you maybe you've been uh, inundated with these messages that white people are evil, maybe try try showing a random act of kindness to a white person. See what happens. Oh, whoa, See? whoa, whoa! You know what? We could show the content of our character right. where we go, Brian. There you go. You can do yeah. That. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we can be a good example, and yeah, yeah, bless the lives of all everybody. Just be be kind and and loving, and try to to you know uh, just yeah, help and bless, and maybe maybe show some examples of that more, you know, oh. to our children and so on. Like we're doing right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey man, I, here's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, you know, what I'm thinking is, can you even do that to a liberal? I think you can. Ooh, ah, I would recommend that. I'd recommend yep, anybody you, come, you come in contact with, ladies and gentlemen, you show the content of your character, and you show random acts of kindness to every single person. Male, female, yeah. black, white, Republican, Democrat, whatever other fault line they can find, jettison those ideologies and stand as the children of Almighty God, whose incredible heritage we celebrate on this radio program. Brian Russ, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you. Glad to be with you guys. Thank awesome. you. Eldon's going to stay with me Thanks, second Brian. hour. Thank heavens for that. RustCoinandGift.com, <laughs> his website, Sam and Eldon, continues. Eldon is the field coordinator for JBS.org, TheNewAmerican.com. We're going to highlight that coming up. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use. No doubt, walks along now. Sad to say, Rush Limbaugh passed away. Our prayers are with him and his family, ladies and gentlemen. This is the broadcast forum. February the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding our founding fathers, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Eldon Stahl with me. 
He is the regional, I'm sorry, the field director. Field coordinator for the John Burtz Society, jbs.org. Does a phenomenal job. We're grateful for him. His commentary is fantastic. And he's on the radio with me monthly, telling the tale of liberty everywhere he goes. You got to travel and speak and do all kinds of things to promote the JBS and, and add members and stuff, don't you, Eldon? I do. It's really neat to meet the just amazing people. Uh, that that's one of the blessings of my job, actually. I, it just uh, I'm I'm just kind of a people person. I like to observe people and and uh, the tales that people tell and the things that they've gone through to preserve liberty are, are just uh, often just just amazing. What the things that uh, things that you observe all right you like the tales of people you like true tales don't you yes true tales (laughs) you don't like those fake kind all right because i i ought to tell you sometime about when when i bought a radio station and ran a radio station for a decade before i went national and syndicated and stuff like that Uh, well it was actually concurrent but now i only do syndicated radio but i bring this up because i got attacked by the irs uh the fcc and the usda all three at the same time they kicked me out of my house and everything Crazy story, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But don't worry, oh, Sam Bushman is a little bit resilient. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So there you have that. Anyway, just stories for later discussions. The tale I want to tell now is this tale to destroy your God-given Second Amendment rights, my friend. And Biden to Congress, quote, enact major restrictions on constitutionally protected Second Amendment rights. Here's the quote from Biden. Ready? Today, I am calling on Congress to enact common sense gun law reforms, including requiring background checks on all gun sales, banning the sale of assault weapons and high capacity magazines and eliminating, listen to this, eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers. Joe Biden, 2021, sir. So I, I assume that's going to apply to uh, government officials. Uh, no, Is that sir. right? No? Absolutely Why not? not, sir. Why not? Because they're there to yeah. save you from yourself, my friend. Oh, okay, okay. How well, dare you uh, even suggest otherwise? Oh, what are you, goodness. some kind of an anti-government guy? <laughs> <laughs> See that yeah. again? That's how they lie. You're here to defend the proper role of constitutional government, and they say you're an, an- anti-government guy. They've said that about me forever. I'm the guy that gets on the radio and says, hey, our goal is to promote God, family, country, protect life, liberty, property. Our goal is to use the supreme law of the land. Hey, the checks and balances our founders put in place one of the brilliant, peaceful solutions we still have. Don't go for revelation or restoration. Wow, let me start over. Don't go for revolution. Uh, Go for restoration of the peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the earth. And then they tell you that I'm anti-government. Are these guys out there rockers crazy? Well, there's... There's a book that I would highly recommend to your listeners. I'm sure you have very uh, well-read and intelligent listeners, but they might not have read this one. It's called Death by Gun Control. It's put out by the Jewish, uh, boy, what is it? The Jews for Preservation of Firearm Ownership, I think is what their organization is called. But it's uh, Death by Gun Control. Basically, this book tells the same pattern, happens, in many places in the world throughout history, they uh, and eventually the ones they highlight these instances is a massive genocide occurred after the government did these steps. 
Uh, one of them, of course, happened to be registration and licensing of, uh, of guns and gun owners. Uh, that, that seems to be always the first step. Yeah, it's death uh, by gun control, the human cost of victim disarmament. It's not very long. Not very long book. Goes into Cambodia, um, of course, Germany, Soviet, Russia, um, several different places. Uh, yeah, I think Guatemala's in there, too. Yeah, you're right. The book describes the chronological events that led to genocide, ladies and gentlemen, in Germany, Russia, China. Um, what is it? Under Je- a Japanese occupation, Guatemala, Cambodia, Rwanda. Turkey, Uganda, Zimbabwe. I can keep going on. Those are just some examples to make your point, Eldon. Yeah, yeah. And you see over and over again the same pattern followed by governments to disarm their people, and eventually it laid the foundation for massive uh, death. Death. Uh, of course, they sold it in the, in the name of safety. And what is gun control, as they like to call it, which is really civilian disarmament, if you're honest, uh, how is that sold in the United States? A way to keep us safe. The same exact marketing. If you understand the pattern, you're able to identify the warning signs, the danger signs, the red flags. If you're not, it just seems like, oh, well, yeah, this it seems like a good idea. Aaron S. Zillman wrote the book, right? Yes. And um... I think he passed away now, but real, real good. Spokesman for that. And um, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms is kind of the underlying organization that you were referring to. But Aaron yeah. uh, Zellman was the one who wrote the book just to kind of help everybody understand who's who or whatever. So Elman worked with the um, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms or whatever. So anyway, very, very interesting. Well, so Joe Biden literally going for your guns, ladies and gentlemen like you've never seen before. And this is something we really need to dig into and drill down on a little bit here on the program. Um, Because he says, I'm calling on Congress to enact common sense gun law reforms. And I guess I'm saying we shouldn't have gun laws. We have the Second Amendment, which says government shouldn't be involved there at all. And now you say common sense gun laws, but what that really means is, um, you know what, let me just get my toe in the door. That's what yeah, common that's sense gun laws mean, right, Eldon? You know that people always say, well, I think everybody should pay their fair share of taxes. Well, everybody has their idea of what's fair. But the thing is, when government's involved, it's the government deciding what is fair. So the government's going to decide what's common sense. If you have a different idea of what common sense is, then, um, you know, well, basically, the government has the guns, in this case, and they'll more guns proportionally than you will if you allow them to confiscate and disarm you. That That's uh, just the fact of how what we call gun control, which is really civilian disarmament, that's how that works. Uh, do you want yeah, to go me, down Let me that highlight road? that again. Civilian disarmament. So if you're a cop, you're not disarmed. If you're the IRS, if you're whatever government agency, you're not armed. In fact, they'll be armed to the teeth. Uh, yep. And 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 uh, nobody is disarmed. Uh, in ter- so two groups will continue to have guns: government and criminals. And the civilians will be left out in the cold, uh, begging on their knees uh, for mercy. Is really what will happen. That's right. That's right. And uh, people need to really think this through. 
do we want to go down that path? We can learn from many other countries that have gone down this path. It's not like it's the first time it's ever been tried. Uh, can you even point to a country that is as free as the United States? Of course not. And every other country, they've gone down the road of disarming civilians. It's, it's just, it's not good. They're not free. They're not able to resist tyranny. All right, you know our buddy Chuck Baldwin, well-known Christian pastor, uh, well-known uh, constitutionalist, freedom fighter, that's for sure. Uh, personal dear friend of mine, I think the world of Chuck Baldwin. But Chuck Baldwin wrote a column that just came out, like today. And the headline says, Joe Biden is coming for your guns, Chuck Baldwin. And he really delivers a poignant, persuasive uh, argument here. He says this, Joe Biden has made no secret of his intentions to trash the Second Amendment and do his best to expunge our God-given right of self-defense. Amen. Here is a list of some of the details yep. that Biden is planning, and he gives a list of literally like 15 things. I'll give you a couple of them. Ban the manufacture and sale of semi-automatic rifles. Ban the importation of semi-automatic rifles. Ban high-capacity magazines. That's those of holding more than 10 rounds. Make gun manufacturers financially responsible for someone's improper use of a firearm. Enact a national registration database for existing semi-automatic rifles. Impose punishing taxes on existing semi-automatic rifles. Impose punishing taxes on the sale of ammunition. Eight, enact legislation forbidding individuals to purchase more than one firearm per month. Nine, require federal background checks for private gun sales. Ten, prohibit individuals from possessing firearms if they've had a misdemeanor, quote, hate crime. Eleven, prohibit the online sale of guns and ammunition. Twelve, seize firearms from those were issued restraining orders by family members. 13, enact red flag gun confiscation laws. 14, require a government license to purchase guns and ammunition. 15, require that all firearms must be smart guns, making them so expensive only rich people can have them and everybody can be tracked everywhere all the time. 16, require that guns be always stored, meaning locked away. Never useful when you need them. Hang tight. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. 
Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Getting the kids to school, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. It seems that the work routine as a stay-at-home mom is never ending. And even though I'm the prime grocery shopper in our family of four, I simply don't have time to scrutinize all the labels on the countless food products I buy. Oh, sure, I've noticed all the latest certification seals. Organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. It definitely seems to be the latest craze. But it was only recently that kosher certification seals caught my attention. You see, my husband had me download an app called Certified, and it shed light on a century-old certification in that slipped under the radar screen from the majority of our public. I also noticed a question mark at the end of the app name, and that makes great sense as there's far more questions regarding this industry than answers. In fact, the developers refer to this as the kosher question. Sure, I'm a busy mom and didn't pay attention to our food culture, but now I have transparency, a convenient grocery list feature, and the ability to eat in favor of my family's best interests, and you can discover it too at thekosherquestion.com. Riding shotgun today, ladies and gentlemen, Eldon Stahl on your radio, JBS.org, that stands for the John Birch Society. Also, the New American Magazine, thenewamerican.com. We're talking about an incredible uh, uh, article written by Chuck Baldwin. Joe Biden is coming for your guns. Chuck Baldwin, check it out. I'm posting it to Liberty Roundtable soon. So we're talking about these uh, uh, 20 items where uh, Joe Biden is trying to steal your guns, ladies and gentlemen. 17, prohibit individuals from being able to configure their own firearms. 18, bribe states to enact more restrictive gun control laws with incredible amount of tax dollars. 19, prohibit teachers and educators from being able to carry self-defense mechanisms on property, the school property. I don't know what school properties mean. It might be private, might be public, but on school properties. 20, create a network of trauma care providers, first responders, and medical personnel that would act as federal enforcements that would aid in forceful gun control. Now, then he finishes and it really says this, as any genuine liberty-loving constitutionalist can see. Any one of these proposed gun control laws is totally and thoroughly unconstitutional. And any genuine Christian should easily see that any one of these proposed gun control laws is totally and thoroughly unscriptural. Taken together, these proposals form a massive assault against our right to keep and bear arms. Not only are Biden's proposals unconstitutional and unscriptural, they're inhumane because they are a direct assault against our creator's natural laws of individual liberty and our God-given right of self-defense. He then finishes by saying, you got to quit watching TV. you got to quit doing all this baloney, and you have got to make 2021 the day we defend the Second Amendment. With that, Eldon, your thoughts? Yeah, the sum total of these proposals would effectively disarm our citizenry, our civilians, and make it effectively 
impossible for them to resist tyranny because they would not have the means to do so through force. Uh, that is the recipe for disaster. So we need to resist that with everything uh, lawful, of course, uh, that we can, because uh, that's uh, it's going to erase many of our liberties if we allow that to to flourish. All right, I bring that up because that's an incredible segue of what the President of the United States is currently doing. The Democratic Congress eager to do his bidding, ladies and gentlemen. We have a serious fight on our hands. But the New American wrote an article that I think takes that point of Chuck Baldwin and broadens it really and highlights what's going on. The headline says this, leftists in power. What can constitutionalists do now? The New American. Eldon? Yeah, it's a really good article. It is posted online at thenewamerican.com. Certainly recommend people uh, read it. Uh, can give you some of the highlights. Basically, it, it goes into uh, things that are probably what we would call false solutions and things that uh, would actually help in this, uh, in this case. Uh, so it's, it's one of the false solutions we talked. We touched and, on and, a little and, bit and earlier. And before right? we go into the false solutions, in other words, the do's sure, and sure. don'ts in reality of this, I want to highlight this. It's really important to understand. One of the biggest challenges that us liberty-loving Americans need to focus on is stopping us from just going headlong, scrambling into the wrong answer. You know, you get lost. You're confused out in the mountains or something. Your first idea is just to run. You know what? Don't run. Stay where you are. Okay? And oftentimes, it's the wrong-headed panic response that we have that is the bigger crisis, if you will, adding insult to injury, to say the least. That's what we need to avoid first. Eldon. Yeah, that's such an insightful way to put it, Sam. I, I mean, I, I've talked with so many people, and uh, a lot of people are, um, they're, they have despair, they're, they're kind of loss of hope, and that leads people often to embrace ideas which sound great on the surface, but in practice, they're just a disaster. They're just uh, making things worse. It's like uh, seeing somebody that has a cold and says, and saying, well, let's cut off their head, and that will stop them from having a cold. Well, true, but there's some side effects to that, aren't there? And, we, <laughs> we, and, uh, and hold on, ladies and gentlemen. You might think his example is a little bit extreme, but I, I submit that it's not. Okay, we might kill the republic with our responses if we're not careful, right? If we go headlong yeah. into socialism or communism, or we reject the fundamental principles that can, then, that can create the greatest country on the face of the earth, we can literally kill the republic. Constitutionalists would reject the false solutions, the bad ideas. We should more than generally avoid them. We should absolutely avoid them. The con-con, we talked about it a little bit, but it's that season again, so we better talk about it more, Eldon. It's going through many legislatures all across the country. The idea that we should uh, apply, have the state legislatures ask Congress to call a convention for proposing amendments to the U.S. Constitution. And there's many hooks, as I would call them. Uh, there are types of amendments that people would like to get out. And, of course, the promoters of a convention, they say, yes, if we have this convention, everything that you want that you think is good will come out of it. And nothing that you think is bad will ever come out of that. And we know exactly how this will take place. And don't worry, you just need to vote for this and that's the, the magic bullet. Uh, it's all, all you need to do is just vote for this convention. 
and that's a, a lot of people, just to add to this, though, yeah. a lot of people believe that a CONCON would be great because we could discuss this. We could put some great things in place. Uh, we could have a, a, a you know, civility uh, fest and have a meeting of the minds. It would be phenomenal. What they fail to recognize is the, the mentality of the people in power today. You and I, Eldon, are not going to have a seat at the table. You and I think we can call for this and then keep it between the rails or keep the the, the, the intention. Um, a lot of people say, no, Sam, look, it's only a simple con-con that won't go that far. It's, we've got a very simple intention. We want to balance the budget. We want to, And they come up with a lot of good ideas. Uh, what they fail to recognize is you have no control. Once you call for the con-con and it's, it's um, embodied, if you will, now all bets are off, baby. And that is the fundamental problem with it is there is no guarantee that it won't run off the rails and that they won't literally even completely reject the Constitution. Okay, what, what I mean is we have no guarantee, and that's something that you just can't plan for. And while there are other constitutional remedies at our fingertips by the, by the hundreds, I don't see why we should even be considering this at all. Eldon? That's right. Uh, there's some fundamental things that we need to put down before we even talk about amending the Constitution, much less having a convention to start that process. One is, why did the founders put in Article 5, which talks about changing the Constitution by amendment, why did they put that in? Every time they talked about it, they said it was for correcting defects, errors, things that are wrong with the Constitution. In other words, if there's some sort of abuse that is happening, and the cause of that is something that's wrong in the Constitution itself, then we change the Constitution, which makes total logical sense, right? If there's something wrong with the Constitution, change the Constitution. But what if the problem for, oh, I'll just take a, some random thing like massive debt and deficit spending, just as an example. Uh, hypothetically, let's say that we have that situation. Um, what is the cause of that? Is it the Constitution? No, the Constitution has plenty of limits on what can be spent um, to, you know, by Congress and what it can be spent upon. But they're ignoring that. The people are allowing them to do it. They don't have uh, an understanding of those limits in the Constitution, but also they demand it. And, of course, Congress is responsible to them, or res or responsive, I should say. And they say, okay, uh, I'll send you the money for whatever thing you want, and regardless of whether it's authorized in the Constitution. That's not a problem of the Constitution. That's a problem of understanding of the Constitution. That's a problem of people, of corruption. That's right. And by the way, let's be very clear. Uh, they're right now in the middle of saying, hey, now that we got Biden in power and, and the Democrats, let's bring back earmarks. Oh, and yeah. earmarks are nothing more than, a, than, a, than a, if I'm a good enough salesman, I can sell you, my colleagues, on this idea that I had to bring home the bacon for my district. And that's the problem. We don't need earmarks. They're unconstitutional. We should have never had them. Uh, but they're literally trying to bring them back right now to make your point, Eldon. And who's standing up against it? Most folks don't even know they're trying to bring them back. Yeah, I mean, I've. it's kind of a two-edged sword with earmarks. You can make the argument that, yeah, if they're going to spend the money anyway, then it should be assured that it's spent on this or that. But much of the spending anyway well, that's like is saying if they're, of, so. if they're going to get rid of the Constitution, they ought to put me in charge. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I you can see both sides of that, of course. But, you know, it's um, it's really not, not it's the like, solution that we It's like saying we if we're going to go into socialism, about... I should get the best part of socialism. I should get all the money. Well, right. It's, it's not a... 
you know, in the end, it doesn't solve. The bottom things, line really. is, ladies and gentlemen, it's a fool's errand argument. It's kind of like saying, let's teach um, abstinence in the government schools. It sounds good on the surface, and it's better than the alternative. But at the same time, then you got the folks that are for abstinence pulling for government school sex education money. See, it backfires. Yeah, that's right. All right, hang tight. Eldon Stahl, JBS.org, on your radio. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Disgraced former U.S. Army Sergeant Robert Bergdahl, who was court-martialed in 2017 after being accused of abandoning his post in Afghanistan and endangering fellow service members, has filed a civil lawsuit in an attempt to overturn his conviction. The court filing submitted Wednesday in U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia names the defendants as President Trump and the late U.S. Senator John McCain. At his sentencing hearing, Bergdahl had requested a dishonorable discharge. Facebook said Wednesday that it is censoring content, this time inside Australia. The behemoth social media platform is blocking news stories created in Australia. In addition, Facebook users elsewhere will not be able to view or share news stories from Australia. The response is to a proposed legislation that would force the social media platforms to pay Australian news organizations for content. Italy's Mount Etna, Europe's most active volcano, erupted on Tuesday. No injuries or deaths have been reported. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on balance of nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I'd have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time. And I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50 and, you know, your body starts wearing down. But Balance of Nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania police are reporting at least eight people were injured after shots rang out in the city's Fern Rock section Wednesday afternoon. We do have one person in custody. And we have two firearms recovered. Philly Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw said most of the victims were in stable condition and a 71-year-old man was in critical condition. Life expectancy in America has taken a downward trend. USA Radio News Dan Araki reports. A new data analysis from the CDC shows life expectancy in the U.S. took a dramatic drop after one year of the coronavirus pandemic. A baby born in the first six months of 2020 can expect to live 77.8 years, down from 78.8 years in 2019. That's the lowest level since 2006. One of the study's authors notes that U.S. life expectancy hasn't taken that big of a drop in a single year since World War II. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Thanks for being there. It's well appreciated. We are USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch.
Eldon Stull on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about a New American magazine article. TheNewAmerican.com is the website, ladies and gentlemen. TheNewAmerican.com to see this article. It's very, very well done. And it's called Leftist in Power. What can constitutionalists do? And what can they do now? And in light of the... uh, you know, Joe Biden taking away your guns plan, it's even heightened of what can we do. The first thing we need to not do is run. Run down the wrong road, ladies and gentlemen, thinking we're solving something when we're not. We don't need, ladies and gentlemen, the con-con. Reject it. We've all articulated uh, many, many, many times on the radio the reasons why a constitutional convention is disaster. Um, why is it in there? Because it's extreme as a last resort before we secede from the union kind of stuff. I recommend neither when there's plenty of solutions at our fingertips to restore the republic. We name them all the time on the radio as well. This is indeed Solutions Radio. We also want to reject term limits, and then we'll get to the things we should do, um, Eldon, but I want to really get to this. We need to reject term limits as well. We've already got them, sir. Every two years, you can replace every member of Congress, and every two years, you can replace a third of the Senate, and every six years, you can replace your president. Uh, Okay, we've already got term limits by the nature of what's already set up. We don't need to play games uh, with more. What will happen if we get term limits is even the good guys won't have enough time uh, to affect change. So we need to be very careful so that it doesn't backfire, sir. Yeah, and I talk with many people about the issue of term limits, and it seems like an issue that so many people that love liberty have kind of latched onto, and they, they're just holding onto it as tight as they can. And the more you talk with them, the tighter they hold onto the idea because they think this is going to solve things. Um, but they, I don't think people should feel so bad about this in a, in a way. Um, the Founding Fathers actually, our first constitution, I'm sure many of your listeners realize, was the Articles of Confederation. It had term limits in there. They called it a rotation at that time, but then they looked at it, and once they proposed the new Constitution, which we have today, they said, uh, here's what, how Alexander Hamilton put it in Federalist Number 72. Very short. Nothing appears more plausible, talking about term limits, nothing appears more plausible at first sight, nor more ill-founded upon close inspection. Okay. Nothing appears more plausible at first sight, nor more ill-founded upon close inspection. So even the founders, they, they toyed with this idea. And why did they go away from it? Basically, they said that it, it does not deliver. Okay, the, how term limits, it's sold the same way today. Supposedly, it's going to get rid of corruption and make Congress more, respo- more responsive, to us, the citizens, their constituents, rather than the lobbyists that go to Congress. That's how it's sold. Now we have 15 state legislatures, I believe, which have term limits for their state officers. And they've had it for 25, 30 years now. Can we even point to one instance, one instance, just just one, where we can say conclusively that corruption has been reduced and responsiveness to constituents has been increased by these 15 experiments. No, in my opinion, what it does None. is it disables another one of the checks and balances, Eldon, that we, that we have. And the checks and balances saying, look, the people need to have a say. And when there are elections and people need to focus on them all the time, uh, then, uh, you know what, we um, have a, a duty, an obligation. And the founders said, you have a republic if you can keep it. 
And that's kind of what they meant by yeah. if you will jealously guard your liberty. If you will really stand up and be involved, then you can keep your republic if you don't. And so what happens is if we have term limits, we go, oh, we don't really need to worry about the next guy. Uh, this guy's out anyway. And, and then they run whoever they want. People don't really start to pay attention too much because, like, don't worry. I mean, if you get a bad guy, it'll kind of suck. But I'm busy, and he'll be out in two years anyway. So who cares? And you get this apathy. Um, we already have it on steroids now, but you haven't seen nothing yet is the point. Yeah, it does not address the root of the problem, like you say so well, Sam. I mean, let's say people always trot out Nancy Pelosi. She's been in there a long time. Let's say she's term limited. She's out in, uh, within two years. Think about it. In the district in uh, San Francisco, where she represents, if there's an odd change of the way the people, the voters think, what type of representation are they likely to send to Washington again to replace Nancy Pelosi? Is it going to be markedly different? Uh, probably of a case of Cortez equivalent. Yeah, right. They're, they're not going to send somebody like Chuck Baldwin or anything like that uh, from San Francisco unless the people change their understanding of government and history and things like that. It's an educational process that must take place among the voters, the electorate. And that's what the John Burt Society has worked on for, for so many years. We've had successes in that. And uh, certainly something that uh, uh, we need to work on. Um, but uh, I always like to talk about George McGovern, how he, he, he was U.S. senator from uh, South Dakota, and he was thrown out by our, uh, well, helped to be thrown out by our TRIM program, educated people on how he voted. And they figured out, hey, George McGovern, um, not so conservative at all. <laughs> we need to get rid of him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so there's things to avoid, term limits, and the CONCON, two of them. There are things that we should embrace as well and double down on right now. And that starts with nullification, interposition, for starters. Eldon? Yeah, it, you know, a lot of people have a, a misconception of nullification. I'll put it in simple terms. It's enforcing the Constitution. It's resisting tyranny by our local officials. If that's unconstitutional, that doesn't even make sense, right? How, could, how can enforcing the Constitution be unconstitutional? It's not. That's what nullification is, as the founders understood it. Um, not some crazy idea that we're going to break up the Union and, and you know, undermine the Constitution or anything like that. Um, a lot of the nullification bills right now that are coming out in state legislatures are more along the lines of a, a fairly mild version of nullification, but it is technically nullification, but it's called anti-commandeering. Basically, that means that, and this has been held up by the Supreme Court as well several times, uh, Richard Mack could tell you all about this, right? Um, basically, it means that the state officers and the local officers are not a subunit, uh, not a they're not controlled by the federal government. They're not employees of the federal government. And if the federal government has a program, some idea that they want to enforce, regardless of whether it's constitutional or not, there is no obligation of those state officers to help enforce that. Yeah, Anthony and Scalia described it as two sovereigns. And it's a jurisdictional boundaries discussion where the federal government has zero authority to mandate the other sovereign 
to be compelled to carry out its wishes, desires, etc. And that's really the modern day decision, the Tenth Amendment rights decision that Richard Mack gained over Bill Clinton when he beat Bill at the Supreme Court over this very issue. And what's interesting about this, um, Eldon, is guns was at the center of that discussion as well, sir. Yeah, it is. And you mentioned one of the things uh, that Joe Biden wants to have is to basically bribe the state government to sell our Second Amendment rights out. Is that a, you know, that, that's not a good idea. What the state government should be doing is tell the federal government to go pound sand. We're not going to take your pieces of silver to celebrate or to, to, uh, to betray our, our citizens in our state and help in confiscating their guns and disarming them. In fact, it would be a dereliction of duty to do so, and we will claim our oath of office present, prevents us. And this is what Sheriff Richard Mack said. My oath of office prevents me from carrying out your will, Fed. I'm not doing it. And he was right. That's right. And he kept his oath, and he won at the Supreme Court. The justices agreed, Eldon. The, yeah, the, the difficult fact of the matter for federal officials is so many of the things that they want to do on their wish list that are bad, especially, they are dependent upon state and local officials to help them implement them. And it's a simple nullification thing to stop and say, you know what, we're not going to help you out with that. If that's going to be implemented, you may think it's totally constitutional and you're authorized to do that. Okay, you go ahead and carry that out, but we are not going to. Simply by not acting. And, and not only are we not going yeah. to, but we will use our best efforts uh, to make sure that we have a legislative body as well. We have an executive body and a judicial branch as well at the state and local level. And we will interpose. Okay. We will not only yes. uh, nullify this because we're not willing to do it, but we will furthermore exercise interposition. And when we come back, right. we'll have Eldon explain this a little bit more. These are key words for solutions, ladies and gentlemen. And until we get enough people in office that'll interpose and that'll stand up and keep their oaths of office, America's in trouble. But rather than jettison to a con-con in panic or a secession, let's double down and guarantee honest elections and then get folks that will stand up and interpose and protect us by keeping their oaths. Shall we? I have a question. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. So there are some interesting words that really help us understand our duty as Americans, ladies and gentlemen. One of them is nullify now. That's the idea that we as the states and the local municipalities are simply not going to carry out federal government mandates when they're unconstitutional. We're not, I repeat, we're not going to do it. That's to nullify by action. But we can interpose another interesting word that kind of helps us understand our obligations and responsibilities. Uh, Richard Mack won a Supreme Court case on this very issue. He interposed and he uh, nullified. Uh, and they threatened to arrest him, and he took him all the way to the super Supreme Court, and he won. I don't know why if he threatened to arrest Richard, meaning Bill Clinton threatened to arrest Richard for noncompliance, and then when Richard was right, why he didn't get to arrest the president, but there you go. Uh, interesting twist, huh? Anyway, I digress, except to say that interposition is key for solutions that really hasn't been focused on or tried enough uh, in America, Eldon. Yes, we talk about checks and balances so many times and, and you know, political discourse. But where are we talking about checks and balances when it comes to the local officials standing between a tyrant at the federal level and us as citizens? That's what's called, that, that is the root of the word to interpose, to stand, to place yourself between two different people. So they're there, they should be there to protect us against the abuse of power, of the uh, usurpation of power, of, of using power that they do not have rightly. And that's, uh, that's a, definitely a role. If, if, if the local officers and state officers, if they are under oath to protect and defend the United States Constitution, their oath means nothing if they do not entertain at least the idea that maybe if there's abuse of power, usurpation at the federal level, that they should stand between us and them to protect us. Amen to that. And I also want to say that you could say, well, maybe this doesn't rise to the level, Sam. You think I should interpose or you think I should nullify. I don't believe that we're to that level or whatever. We can say and think what we want. We have our own opinions on this, right? Uh, and I'm not saying that everything yep. I say is, is need to be obeyed 100%. But what I'm telling you as Americans this is where they said you have a republic if you can keep it. You know what? If they see it differently once in a while, we say, hey, they're human and we support them and we trust them and we believe in them and they have a right to their thoughts. If it happens repeatedly, though, ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that we have a greater obligation to do something about it. All right. So I want to reject the con con and I want to reject term limits, but I do want to embrace 
nullification, and interposition. I do expect that out of my representatives. There's also a term called anti-commandeering that I think is important, too. This goes straight to the heart of uh, serious issues like asset forfeiture, and et cetera, et cetera. This is another example that we need to understand these terms, and we need to demand that they uphold and protect us. Eldon? Yeah, anti-commandeering is the more, I would say, more of a precise term for uh, many things that we talk about under the umbrella term of nullification. Nullification can apply to many different instances. Uh, often it's misunderstood and misrepresented, unfortunately. But anti-commandeering, just be, commandeer means that basically you take uh, somebody else's uh, people and resources and you use it for your own purposes. That's what commandeering is. And the anti-commandeering doctrine uh, recognized by the courts, uh, fortunately, is that, you know what, if the state can have any claim to being sovereign whatsoever, at the very least, they should be able to make rules on what constitutes good behavior, acceptable behavior for state employees. So the, and really, it's it, under the anti-commandeering idea, the state and the federal government, they can disagree on whether a federal action is constitutional or not, whether they have authority to do such and such. But what, they, what should be beyond debate is that the states, as sovereign entities, have the ability to tell a state employee, no, that's not your job to enforce this federal action. It's a mandate. That's not part of your job. Simply, that's it. And the federal government cannot step, come back and say, no, that is part of your job. Well, they're hired by the state, not the feds. It's something that, again, this is where I say, when people get to where they kind of want to throw their hands up and they get to where they kind of think, oh, man, I, you know, we've tried everything, we've done it, we've got to go to the next extreme level. I say, you know what, stand down when it comes to the violent rhetoric or agenda. With leftists in power, what can constitutionalists do now? The TheNewAmerican.com. Reject the con-con and term limits. Embrace nullification, interposition, and anti-commandeering. Then we got to restore election integrity. And everybody went about it wrong. They all went to the federal government, all the way to the government furthest from the people and said, you know, hey, nine people or whatever you want to call it, seven people, it'll save our lives. Solve this for us. No, no, no. Folks, stop. What you should do is go to your local jurisdiction, as local as you can get, which is called the precinct. And in every precinct, there's 175,000 precincts in America. And every precinct should have an American that goes and demands that they transparently verify their precinct elections. And if they say to you, well, wait a minute, with mail-in balloting, we don't, mail-in balloting and with you know, early voting and all this kind of stuff, we don't have the precinct ability to do that, then you say, that's a problem. And we need to challenge all 175,000 precincts in all 3,000 counties. You're not going to get it done by asking a few robe thugs far away from you to solve the problem. You're going to get it done by mass mandate at the local level. So we need to create honest elections. We need to restore election integrity, Eldon. Yeah, th this has been a problem that's been, uh, you might say, boiling up over the last four decades or more. Uh, little by little, in the name of convenience, we've had all these different election reforms, 
And now we have all these different holes in the bucket, so to speak, where integrity can leak out. And we now have a low level of confidence in the integrity and the honesty of our elections. How do we correct that? We've got to go back to what's worked in the past. Um, you've heard the saying, you know, the most scary words known to man is, I'm from the government, I'm here to help you. Right, you've heard that? Well, back in 2002, the Congress passed this law called the Help America Vote Act. And what did that do? One of the big things is it got all these electronic voting machines, which we're dealing with now, into the states. All right, we have got to take back our elections, ladies and gentlemen. This is the problem, too. You know, they steal our liberties over a long period of time. And then what we seem to want to do oftentimes uh, is we want to just solve the problem uh, like a TV show in 30 minutes. Okay? And I'm telling you right now, they've taken slow, incremental decades to destroy liberty. It's going to take a while to bring it back, but you've got to embrace the proper solutions. Okay? So we want to get where we want to restore election integrity. And that can happen, I'm telling you, by turning local, not by going federal or international or anything else, folks. Local is your key. Every DA and every sheriff and every county commission should be dealing with a livid but peaceful constituency. All right? Concentrate on the House of Representatives. Again, government that governments or governs closest to the people matters. The closest representative you have at the federal level is your congressman. So focus on the House. This is key because all financial budget legislation must originate in the House as well. Um, the House is the easiest body for us to influence directly, Eldon. Yeah, that's right. They represent the smallest number of people. They're elected every two years. They have to be, by nature, very responsive to what their people say. And some people say, oh, they're not so... Actually, they are. They have to be. Uh, You'd be amazed how uh, attuned, the, especially the House members, have to be to what people are thinking back home, because they want to get reelected. If they have any desire to go back to Washington, they have to be mindful of that. Uh, So showing up, communicating with them, um, making your voice heard, that's something that's, that's very important. And so we, we need to be involved. We can't just disengage. Uh, but one of the best things we can do is educate others, uh, voters, on how our representatives are voting and educate ourselves. Uh, one of those ways is that we have the Freedom Index, which is online as well. Um, you can go to thenewamerican.com, click on Freedom Index, and see how they voted based upon the Constitution. See if their rhetoric matches up with their actions, their votes. Very effective. Amen share to that. that with others. And then the last main point is education slash action. Eldon? Yeah. Uh, really, so many of our problems in the United States or across the world boil down to what is the level of understanding of the voters? Do they understand good principles? If they don't understand them, of course they're not going to demand that those good principles be enforced. They've got to understand them first. They've got to organize to share them with others. Uh, that is something that has worked. And, of course, it works because uh, that's something that forces people to say, you know what, I see clearly now 
what's going on, and I'm going to work towards a solution that is appropriate for the problem. So once we educate ourselves and others, we can organize and we can, we can change what's going on. And this is kind of what I mean. You know, when football players and basketball players are multi-multi-millionaires, I mean, they get like, you know, five-year, $200 million contracts and stuff. And when the teachers in our nation, and I'm talking about private teachers, don't get paid hardly anything. And when a talk show host like me doing my best two hours a day, six days a week to bring the education of liberty to the hearts and minds of Americans, to bring to you news that I was refused to use, hey, to know about the gun control that Biden's pushing in an effort to stop it. I'm not trying to say that I'm important and that I need a million dollars. What I'm trying to say is we need to focus on and promote and support those things which will protect the nation. So uh, Americans want to go to war <clears throat> or patriots want to go to war, but they're the guys that won't put a dollar a day in. They got plenty of money for a big gulp or a drink every day or a swig or a whatever, Slurpee or, but they, or coffee or whatever. But, hey, man, putting a dollar a day into liberty, are you kidding me right now? That's too much to bear. And, and I, I submit to you that we need to change, as Chuck Baldwin pointed out in his column, we've got to turn off the boob tube. We've got to turn on the uh, desire for liberty. Americans don't really desire liberty. What they want is they vote themselves largesque from the Treasury. This has got to stop. And until it does, it isn't going to change. And if you go to war, all you're going to do is create a war on top of a tyranny or on top of a uh, socialist, communist utopia, so to speak. Okay, you're not going to fix the problem by a war either. The only way to fix the problem is to turn to God and get involved. And as you get involved, you better be educated so you advocate for the right things. Final words yours, Ellen. Well, that's very well, very well put. And uh, just encourage people to, to get involved, learn what's going on, uh, be involved locally especially, and um, reach out to others. Uh, go to, of course, jbs.org and thenewamerican.com. Uh, consider consider joining the John Birch Society. Get get involved uh, with educating others and in the fight for freedom. Amen. Eldon, thank you. We'll have you back soon as always. There he goes. Eldon doing a phenomenal job. Eldon Stahl, field director for JBS.org. That is the John Birch Society. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. We the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, can and will restore America. But you got to get involved. Make it a great day and choose the right. God save the republic. This nation shall endure.